You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. We're going to jump right into our show and get started with our grateful moment. Phil, what are you grateful for this week? Hey, everyone. Good morning, good evening, good night. Yo, West Coast Overseas, all fans. I am grateful that bittersweet, my daughter, my oldest one, had her last softball game. And they played against the number one team in the league. And so it didn't pan out well for both games. But it's bittersweet, meaning that she really started the sport as literally trash. And she worked her way up through the years and got better every year. So, you know, it's over. She may play college. She's thinking about it, but we'll see. So that's the bittersweet thing. I'm happy that she had that run. She worked hard, as hard I like her to, but she worked hard and got a respectable starter from since sophomore year. She's been a starter. So it's really cool. That is awesome. And congrats to her on that progression. I, I love to hear that. Alan, what are you grateful for this week? I'm grateful for actually two things. Um, I'm grateful my little homie, uh, Dylan, he just turned six this week. Um, we had a little birthday party for him last night. Um, so grateful to have his little bad butt around. Um, also, um, I'm also grateful for, of course, health. Uh, my sister actually just put in our family group text that her uh, COVID results came back negative and she's like I don't know why I'm worrying about my COVID test being positive because I don't go anywhere but I just say that COVID is almost like the present leprosy the way people go around about it so I'm grateful that she's doing well. That is awesome and happy to hear that she's doing well also. I am grateful because this Wednesday it was my birthday and with the amount of deaths we have been seeing being recorded in 2021, I do not take my life for granted. I thank God that he saw it fit to allow me to turn 21. I mean, I'm finally at the age of majority. And so I'm really, really, really proud and just thankful for life. Lord knows I don't deserve it. Um, None of us deserve God's grace. And so I'm truly, truly grateful. And I just hope that this year of um, 21 is going to be a great and impactful year for everyone around me. So that's my grateful moment for the week. So let's jump right into our NBA show and let us talk about the best player in the NBA, my main man, Kevin Durant. Now, you guys follow this show, you know I always have something to say about KD. What I've been noticing in the last few months watching the NBA is it seems like I can't watch two games in a row without commentators comparing players to Kevin Durant. Like, it don't matter what the team is, they're going to find somebody to make a comparison. So in this segment, which is our cap or no cap segment, we're going to talk about the latest person on the block, Michael Porter Jr. Commentators, um, Denver played the Clippers last night. And one of the things I kept hearing reoccurring during the game is Michael Porter is like KD. He's like another KD and KD and Michael Porter Jr. 
So I want the guys to discuss, is this a true statement? Are we looking at the next Kevin Durant and Michael Porter Jr.? Or is it all cap? To me, it's wishful thinking cap. You are nowhere near the seven-foot graceful shooter. Every time KD plays, even on one leg, when, when he played in the finals, one leg, the game is so easy for him. Why y'all trying to get rid of KD? Let KD live. KD, his flowers, appreciate him. Once he's gone, then we can look for the next ambassador. But right now, he is who he is, which is one of the greatest players to ever play this game. Enjoy it. So stop the nonsense. Stop trying to replace him. Let him be. Let him be. Say it. Let him be. There will be no one like him. KD. You know, is it cap or no cap? You know, I'll say it's cap, but I look at it a little bit differently. Now, if you're Michael Porter, I mean, of course, it sounds good to say like, yeah, I, my game might resemble, although I don't think that's like 100% true. But when they compare the two, um, it's a tall a tall, like, stretch man who can shoot the rock. And ever since high school, that's what we've known Michael Porter Jr. to be. A guy, I mean, he can't score at the same efficiency as KD, but he can shoot the rock. Like, he can get to the cup. But I feel like it's not fair, not to just KD, but also to Michael Porter Jr. because of the situation he came into the league with. He came into the league having an injury. So like Phil said, it's wishful thinking. And I think the fact that he had to sit out that one year and then he had to slowly work his way back from injury to get to where he is now, I don't think it's fair to Michael Porter Jr. at all, as well as KD to compare the two because of course they both got length, they both can shoot. But there's things that KD can do that Michael Porter is still like working on his game, although KD works on his game daily because what did he say uh i want to play the game to get better to increase my development to where it's basically i'm basically unguardable which he kind of sort of almost technically is but he's just trying to do it his way but i i think it's cap because i mean you can't really compare the two because you gotta think about this he's only what in his third year in the league he's only in his third year and then he's in a situation to where he's not the lead guy we have to put him in a situation to where he's the lead guy to see if, oh, okay, all we see is glimpses. But now nah, we need to see Michael Porter Jr. as the main guy to really make that assessment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, uh, man, leave Kevin Durant alone. Leave him alone. Like, why can't I watch other people's games that's not the Brooklyn Nets? And all they want to do is talk about who's just like Katie, who's like Katie. Phil, I agree with you. Katie is here, right? We get to see him play. And we can appreciate Katie's game because he's actively playing. So why are we trying to just insert NBA player to kind of elevate to Katie's status? This is all cap. Michael Porter Jr. is a shooter. He, you know, he can score. 
No one that watches the NBA is going to debate that. He is not Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, I mean, can we talk about Kevin Durant's last game? Because my dude came off the bench, came off the bench. He did not start. He came off the bench, dropped 42 points on 67% shooting, right? When Katie, How many percent? How many percent? 67% mm. shooting. Mm. When Katie shoots below 50%, and that's rare, that does not happen often. People are concerned. Commentators are concerned. They're like, oh my gosh, he's shooting 49%. Is he injured? Right? Because there's a level that KD is on that other people just aren't on. KD can do what he wants at will. When you start comparing a player, I feel like you got to compare them holistically. KD is a good ball handler. He creates plays. Um, you know, he has, it's, especially in that last game, he had 10 assists. But if you watch him, he can facilitate. Michael Porter Jr. can't even hold a dribble for two possessions in a row. Like, my thing is, like, if you're going to compare, let's compare everything. So, man, leave Kevin Durant alone. Kevin Durant is the best player on this planet. He is the best player in the NBA. It's not even close. Okay, look, I know I'm going off on a rant, but KD took like multiple breaks in the season, right? Because of injuries, you know, so they say whatever. When KD comes back from these breaks of injury, my dude comes in and shoots 100% from the field. He comes in and drops 35 points a game. He comes in, you know, he'll come off the bench and drop 33, then go ahead and drop 42 in the next game. I'm like, there's no one like that. LeBron came back this week, right? And I don't know what LeBron was doing. I don't know where he was shooting them balls to. So it, come on, man, stop comparing KD. He's the best. There's no one in his league. You know, outside of LeBron, LeBron is like second. Um, you know, you left something out. What? You forgot that KD will troll you and then come out and drop 40. You missed exactly. that part. Right. And, and, and who is the savior of Twitter? Thank you, Alan. KD is the savior of Twitter. Because not only is he going to roast you on the court and you can't do anything about it, he's going to fact check you. He's going to tell you off. He's going to tell you the truth about yourself. And he's the only player that does that. My boy LeBron, like I really was down with his tweet, you know, where he was like, you're next, but he deleted it. You know what I'm saying? And I hated that he did that because KD would have stood firm in it. KD's on another level, even on social media. So let's put this to bed. Cap for everyone you're comparing to KD. I don't care who it is. And that's just the end of that. Now, if in five or 10 years, Michael Porter, I don't know, it might be a conversation that we'll have, right? Maybe LaMelo Ball <laughs> might be in the conversation for the next KD. But as of today, as of May 2nd, 2021, he cannot be compared. Look, as a fan, I'm not reaching that far with Lamelo. I look, <laughs> I'm respectful. You put some respect on that name. 
I believe he is the greatest shooter of all time. I think he's a better shooter than Steph. I know y'all gonna say crazy. Nah, you know you're crazy. No, yeah, because, Phil, nah. stop. Phil, stop. Stop. I, I would Go. say. Listen, stop. all stop. Steph does is shoot first. Go to the next topic. Better... Go to the next topic. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Let me just say this. Steph is a better shooter. KD is the best scorer I have seen in my life. Period. KD is the most efficient scorer, but uh Steph is the greatest shooter. The yeah. greatest shooter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Come on, Phil. Stop it. Stop so, it. so okay, let me just throw this out there and we will transition. Game on the line. You coming down the floor, you Katie. need a oh, Katie. You, you need a Katie. Okay, okay. <laughs> Katie. Okay. All right, cool. All right, so let's transition. So, you know, I just spoke about Katie, who is my heart. Then I have to speak about the guy who will always, always come second to Katie, Russell Westbrook. And even though Russell Westbrook is not my best friend because of my loyalty to Katie, I don't think we can glance over or not acknowledge what he's doing for Washington right now and so my question to the guys is do you think russell westbrook is underappreciated as a player um especially considering what he's doing this season in dc please check the tapes what did i say earlier in this year around episode 60 i said that westbrook is going to make sure washington goes to the playoff westbrook does not miss the playoff Westbrook will do everything in his power to get any team he's on to the playoff. Look at OKC. And the only person, only time OKC didn't make the playoff when Westbrook left was because CP3 was there. Other than that, Westbrook has the mentality is kill, kill, kill. And now we're hearing and we understand that he's now healthy. Prior to the beginning of the season, he was not healthy. They had a lot of um, injuries on the team, which is true. And you saw this team. This team had the second most winning um, games, uh, winning streak. Why the Knicks, go New York Knicks, had won nine games. They won eight. So we have to appreciate that Westbrook is a hard-nosed, no-nonsense guy who wants to win. And he's doing it getting triple-doubles. Triple-doubles not easy. So we know many players, you think you to rebound, to pass the ball, and to score. It's not an easy thing to do. If it was so, many more players would have done it. He's averaging that. Yes, we're unappreciated. unappreciated. He's underappreciated. But I think the most of the people are upset is that we give him a lot of accolades while winning a title. And in reality, you can't win a title by yourself. You have to form Voltron. You literally have to form Voltron to win a title. Most teams have, who won titles have at least two superstar generational talent. <laughs> so... He when when they when he was a you know when he had James Harden and KD on the team they were young inexperienced they didn't know and I didn't trust that coaching staff and then you know they got rid of Harden after they made the finals so but every team he have done has improved you've done his part but you need two generational talents to win a championship so yes I believe he's underappreciated he's underappreciated to people who don't watch basketball. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. Like, if you watch, if you watch Russell Westbrook, he comes with the good and the bad. Are you willing to accept the bad? I mean, he's going to give you, he's not going to leave anything on the court. 
He's not gonna he's he's not gonna cheat you out of the game. Yes, we always talk about the triple doubles, but I look at it like this. When it comes to the Wizards, uh what people fail to realize, like you mentioned, Phil, they were they were injured early. Westbrook was injured. A lot of their team was injured. On top of that, they missed almost 10 games due to COVID-related uh, situations earlier in the year. So you're combining all of these, and then we always look back at Westbrook. Now, generally, whenever Westbrook is injured, he doesn't really play well. He's always, like, he doesn't even look like a glimpse of himself whenever he plays. It's always like, yo, bro, like, you're super erratic. Just, like, let the game come to you. But see... The one thing I can say Charles Barkley gets right about Russell Westbrook, he has to know when to go, pull back, go, pull back. And especially when it comes to these injuries, you have to really be able to do that in order to establish a rhythm for yourself. And the fact that he's always 100%, 100%, 100%, like on the straight line, like you're not ever going to get back to where you were and just naturally just establish a rhythm for himself but he's underappreciated to people who don't understand the game of basketball like like we said like yes we acknowledge um the triple doubles the accolades we got Kendrick Perkins out here saying that he would take his career over AI which is kind of kind of wild to me because they're they play two different positions but it, it is what it is but Westbrook is a great player he just has to be able just to just stay under control and just limit his mistakes. Whenever he does that, I mean, he's one of the top point guards in the league. Like, it's not – you can't deny it. He's one of probably one of the most athletic guards in the league. So he's underappreciated to those who don't really understand the game of basketball. That's how I feel about it. And I agree. I don't know if I can ever put Westbrook being underappreciated um, in this league. As a matter of fact, there was a long space of time where I thought he was overrated. Um, but like Alan said, if you watch basketball, and, and I'm not saying he was overrated because he didn't have the talent right to back up what people were saying about him I think people were taking it too far the season where he averaged a, a triple double I think people put him in the stratosphere and I was like all right calm down a little because when you look at it I, I feel like every player can kind of pad their stats if they wanted to so I wasn't super duper impressed um so I don't know. I always thought Westbrook was overrated, but I can't deny what he's doing. He like, he's like a dog. Um, and I mean it in a good way. He's not like a Patrick Beverly dog, right? Like he, like, he's going to get the job done. He's going to do like Phil said, he's going to do whatever it takes to push his team to the playoffs just so they can fail in the playoffs. But I respect the drive and energy that he puts into actually getting them there. So I don't think he's underappreciated maybe to people that don't know the game or don't follow the game, but I feel like he gets all of his flowers, all of his flowers, and he will continue to, um, especially if he continues to play at this level. Now, if he makes noise in the playoffs, then I'll probably have to revisit this and be like, man, I have to give him more props, but he's fine. He, get, he gets the recognition he deserves. 
and nothing more. He's not Kevin Durant. So, you know, it's all good. Um, let us transition since we're talking about guards. Let's talk about um, Chris Paul. As you know, Chris Paul is on the Suns, have been all season, has had a huge impact. Now the Suns are diving feet first. If I'm not mistaken, the Suns may have the best record in the NBA. They have the second best record um, in the NBA. They are a guaranteed in in the playoffs, right? They have secured their spot. And so my question to the guys is obviously there's one common denominator, right? Last year, they, well, they made the playoff bubble, but we don't count the Mickey Mouse tournament, right? But the Suns have not been able to make it to the playoffs. And this year, not only are they making it to the playoffs, they made it with authority, right? About to end second or even first in the West. Should this now put Chris Paul on the radar to be high up in the MVP conversation? I believe he is on the MVP list currently, maybe at number four, but should this elevate him and let him be a real contender to win MVP this season? He deserves to be in the conversation. Now winning, winning it, that's going to be hard. Like, when we think about the Steve Nash comparison, this is probably what is going to come down to something similar as that. Um, Because it's not that Chris Paul is putting up numbers that that are wowing you like an Embiid or Jokic or anything. It's just, there are just certain players who just have a natural impact on the game and they don't necessarily have to score the ball to show that impact. And that's what Chris Paul has, because I feel like there's only a few players like that. I would say him, Rondo, you can probably even throw like Jason Kidd. Like there's only certain type of players who just have impacts on games and they don't have to wow you with the stats. Now for him to win, like, I don't really know like what else is it going to take because like from just what I glanced over, he's averaging 16 and I can't remember how many assists, 16 and eight. They sound good. Those are almost, that's almost a double, double, almost Steve Nash type numbers, but it's not the seven seconds or less running gun. We about to go ahead and throw lobs up to Sean Marion or Amari Stoudemire, or you got Quentin Richardson in the corner. It's like he's just able to lead a bunch of young guys with Devin Booker, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton. He's showing them how to win in the league. And he's just that one leader that they needed to just be able to get over this playoff drought because it's their first playoffs in almost 11 years. So will he win it? It's going to be hard, but I definitely believe that he just deserves to be able to get some votes for the most viable player this year. Chris Paul, out of his 15 years, missed the playoff three times. Three times. Chris Paul, excuse me, four times. 11 years. Every team he's been on becomes a successful team. From when the Pelicans used to be the Hornets, he took them to the playoff. And they haven't been the same since. 
when they were originally here in Charlotte, he did his job. And when he was at the Clippers, he literally brought them almost to tie the, they were a tie the contending team. If he didn't get hurt in Houston, they would have beat the Golden State Warriors and went to the finals and I believe win the championship. Chris Paul is a quintessential point guard. He does everything you need to do to win. After what he did to the Knicks, and he said, I'm coming to the Mecca, and I'm taking over this game. If Chris Paul wanted to, he could score at will. He has the move. I've seen what he's done to everyone. He could do, but his primary job is to get everyone fed. If they lack, he comes in. He has taken the bubble team, which I rave, the best team in the bubble was the Phoenix Suns. We had the best coach in the bubble, right? Because they went undefeated, but didn't qualify because of their regular record. I believe he had brought them to the second best team in the league. Could you imagine? The second best team in the league. And what we thought was, what team was going to be leading? We thought the Lakers, the Clippers, Denver. He jumped all of them. And he beat Utah. He beat Utah on Friday night, just passed. And they destroyed him. He deserved to be consideration for MVP, and he will get my vote as MVP. He is he gonna win? No. Why? Because the voters are in love with Jokic. All you hear is Jokic, Jokic, Joker, Joker, Joker. Bill, right? you got a vote? If I had a vote, if I had a vote, I was about I to make... say like, who can I call so <laughs> I can? Don't worry. In the future, I may get this vote. If I had a vote, he would get my vote. Him, he will get my first place, first or second, second place vote, first place vote. Then Julius, not to be biased, but is he going to win? No, because the media is, has fallen in love with Jokic and Embiid. They have fallen in love with those two guys. I think number one is Jokic. Number two, um, I don't know who's number two right now. Um, drop. So um, Jokic, I think it's Embiid, and then it's probably be LeBron. So, but I also will put up in there Julius Randle. He deserves consideration, not to win, but top five vote. So that's what I believe. So I always kind of bear off the path when we talk about MVP, because I know the general fan is going to look at numbers. How many points does he have? How many assists does he have? You know, just depending on, on the, the position of, you know, the athlete is playing in. And when I think about MVP, I truly, truly, truly objectively just look at the most impactful. If you took this player off of a team, what would the team do? Would the team be in this position or would they not even come close to achieving this? So with that as my marker and knowing where the Suns have been the last few seasons, like Phil mentioned, for them to be now, they are holding the second best record. They can end the season in the next nine or 10 games being the best team in the NBA. We just don't know yet. I feel like that impact is not only great, like impact is pretty astronomical. Because when you look at some of the other contenders, like LeBron, for instance, like he's way down on the list now. It's like if LeBron wasn't on the team and they had like AD on the team, would the Lakers potentially make the playoffs? Some people would say no, but maybe, 
I mean, AD is kind of soft and he just got dunked on the other day. Um, so his ego is hurt, but... I'll defend him. That was an offensive foul, yo. I'll defend I him. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I watched the tape, but... <laughs> But, you know, when I look at Chris Paul, what what he's doing for these sons, like they have, in my opinion, they have like a legitimate unit. Like they can surprise everyone and come out of the West. You know what I'm saying? And so when you talk about impact, when you talk about adding a piece that just changes the whole dynamic of a team, this is like the quintessential example for me. And I felt like, I feel like Chris Paul has done it. He is the most valuable player to his team compared to the other contenders on other teams. That's my opinion. I feel not only should he get the votes, he should win. The reality is he's not going to win because all these NBA fans love to see a white man elevated, right? And so we know, we know Joker is going to get that. We, we know it. We know it. But um, if, he's, if he's taken off that team, how, how well do you think the Nuggets would be? They'll be fine because they have, they'll be K, fine. They have K, the newborn KD. <laughs> <laughs> they have, they well, have weapons. They have weapons. Here's the thing. So I'm not going to be super unrealistic. I feel like the Nuggets will still win games. They definitely won't be what they are what they are because Joker as a center, not only does he score, he facilitates, like he kind of does everything. Like he's kind of like the heartbeat of that team. Take him off. I still see them winning games, not as much, but I feel like they'll be semi okay. I feel like, like you take you take Chris Paul off. I'm sorry. Like the Suns are not making the playoffs this year. I think they would be I think they would be back in the playing game or like in position for a playing game if they didn't have uh Chris Paul. I think the Nuggets will be uh, still I think the Nuggets would be a seven or eight seed at worst. Where where are the Nuggets right now? Four. They're the fourth They're four. seed. Fourth seed, and and see that's what bothers me. You can't be MVP and you you're not winning, and 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 you're not the top of the seed. You're not top. You know you gotta be top three, the top three at least. You but know. here's the thing though, like you gotta think about. Here's the thing, like when you look at the actual standings, especially like when it comes to the West, you could say top four, but guess what? You're only like three or four games out from first place. It's not like oh, you're in like, like once, honestly, we oh, we see this every year. When it comes to the, the first through like five, first through five in the West, they're all like right there, right? Mm-hmm. They're above. And then once you get to six and below, it's like, yo, they're all like a half a game away from each other. Mm-hmm. And I believe like if you honestly took Jokic off of the Nuggets as they're currently constructed with Murray out, I feel like they would drop more. Like, I feel like they would pretty much be in the same position. I won't say as the Suns, but maybe just like, maybe like you said, Phil, maybe like seventh or eighth, they would still right. be in that playing tournament. Well, here, here's the thing. And you mentioned a very important point that we can't gloss over with Murray out. 
Now, all things even and considered, if we had a healthy Jamal Murray, I still think they make the playoffs. Like maybe at I the agree. tail end, yeah. maybe agree. at the tail end of the playoffs, but they still make the playoffs. So I think Murray being out is just a factor that is kind of an extraordinary circumstance. But if we're being neutral and all things even, take Joker out, take Chris Paul out, Denver still makes the playoffs, the Suns don't. And because we've seen this, we've seen this over and over again. The Suns will start hot during the regular season and they'll tail off. Always. They've been doing that for the past 10, 15 years. Always. <laughs> so that's what they've been doing. Yeah. So, you know, just to kind of wrap up this segment, I feel like we, and just meaning we as a fan base, when we start thinking about MVP, I think we got to take it just a little deeper. Forget the numbers. Chris Paul is, is not going to have numbers that's going to make you run and jump, right? But when you start talking about impact, that is who deserves the MVP. And this season is Chris Paul for me. So on that note, until next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes. Please remember to follow us, like, share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady and that is the and sign, some dudes. Our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time. <laughs>